I pushed my chair back from the cubicle and tucked a long lock of light brown hair behind my ear. My face felt hot. What's that? Just a key, I told her and quickly slipped it back in the satchel. So, what are you up to? You look like you're up to something. Do I? You've been grinning all day. Morticia perched herself on the edge of my desk, folding one leg over the other. She had shaggy red hair the color of food dye, a lopsided smile, big eyes, and long gangly legs. Imagine Popeye's girlfriend Olive Oil as a goth. As usual, she wore a black dress, striped tights, and Doc Martens. It was like a uniform for her, though it certainly didn't help her to blend in with the magazine's other staff. I kind of admired the fact that she didn't care about that. I found myself grinning at the thought of the night ahead. What am I up to tonight? Well, actually, I'm going on a date, I blurted and then immediately regretted it. Morticia's eyes widened, her black penciled eyebrows sitting up like little accents. Oh, look at your face. Are you blushing, Pandora? Yes, I was blushing. And yes, my late mother, the archaeologist, and my late father, the academic, had seen fit to name their only child after the woman in Greek mythology who opened a box and let all the evil into the world. Actually, I think it was an urn, not a box, but never mind. Morticia and I work at Pandora. And although it can sound impressive when I get to introduce myself as Pandora English of Pandora Magazine, the depressing reality is that I fetch a lot of coffee and chai tea for the editor. She of the stroppy attitude, increasingly nocturnal habits, and undead style OCD, a common issue apparently. And I sift through emails and take messages. The fact is... I'm 19 years old, and I've never worked in publishing before, so just having my foot in the door of the publishing world is something I'm grateful for, regardless of the, well, the complications with my boss. I looked anxiously at the darkening skies outside the window and found myself absentmindedly touching the antique ring on my finger. The jet-black obsidian stone was held in place by delicate gold claws, and in the center of that stone there always seemed to be some small, blazing pinpoint of light. Where is your date taking you, Morticia pressed. Dinner? A movie? I thought about the night ahead. I think we'll be, um, sightseeing, I replied vaguely. I couldn't help it. I started grinning again. The truth was, my date wasn't taking me anywhere. Though technically I was the one who was new in town, having only been here three months. My friend, Lieutenant Luke, hadn't seen the sights of midtown Manhattan before. Not in the flesh, anyway. I planned to show him the view from the top of the Empire State Building, and I'd been looking forward to this opportunity all month. It was set to be a spectacular evening. This was the night of the full worm moon, or full crow moon, when the crows cast their calls and the earthworms appear, signaling the end of winter. Since moving in with my great-aunt Celia, I'd been learning things like that. 
I had mixed feelings about the change of seasons, as winter's shorter days had meant longer nights. Considering some of the problems I'd been having after dark, you'd think I'd be delighted by the changes spring would bring. And in a way, I was. But when the nights became shorter, there would also be fewer hours I could spend with Luke. What is it? Morticia asked. Nothing. You're not going to tell me about your date? Maybe if it goes well, I offered as a form of deflection. The last time I'd told her about a date of mine, things had gone badly. Not for any complicated romantic reasons, but because of what you might call supernatural amnesia. Jay Rockwell, known by Morticia only as Rose's guy, was the only person I'd dated in New York. The last time I'd spoken to him, by phone, I had been terribly embarrassed to...